Well, good morning. We're continuing to dive into this book here, Rediscovering Catholicism. It's a great book if you haven't started reading it. Now's a good time to start. It's a great book. Read a page or two a day. It's just a wonderful book to refresh and renew and strengthen our Catholic faith. Today we're going to kind of dive into the fourth part of the book. I'm just going to give a quick summary of kind of where we've been and where we're, we're at now. First part in this book, Matthew Kelly speaks about, you know, we become what we celebrate. And he focused there on the yearning and hunger and desires in the human heart. And basically he then built that as a foundation for which then we begin to develop our own philosophy of life. So once you're in touch with your desire, you begin to build a philosophy of life in order to find peace to that desire, you know, find the solution to the restlessness of our hearts. And so he says, you know, basically then we choose the path that we choose um, by our history, our growing up in our lives. And so you might say, you know, like he says, we become um, the definition of life, love and success that we celebrate. That's what we become. And then he moves on to the second part, which was the authentic life which we talked about a few weeks ago. And here he basically was talking about marrying and bringing together our day-to-day life with our very purpose. Someone that divorces life from purpose doesn't have meaning. They float aimlessly around in the world, basically going from day-to-day with no real purpose. So we have to marry purpose with life. You know, why do I put gas in my car? You know, why do I take the kids to school? Why do I go to work? If I don't know why I'm doing those things or have any other significance other than putting food on the table, then I'm going to probably not have too much of a, um, a life-giving uh, life. It'll be very humdrum and dry and just boring. And so the Lord calls us to an interior life. And Matthew Kelly focused on the saints. The saints are people that went interior and began to develop this uh, best version of themselves, as he says, based on how they married life and their purpose. And, you know, this is where we're called to break the spell of quiet desperation which secularism has placed upon the modern man. And then the third part, he talks about the seven pillars of Catholic spirituality. And basically, this party speaks about in order to celebrate life as God intends you to, as male and female... In order to experience uh, this authentic, genuine, full of joy and happiness life, then we need to exercise these seven pillars. And I'd encourage you to read through each one. He really looks at each one beautifully and helps you to reflect on each of these uh, seven pillars of Catholic spirituality. The first one being confession, second, daily prayer the third, the Mass, the fourth, the Bible, the fifth is fasting, sixth, spiritual reading, and seventh, the Rosary. And then today he speaks finally about now is our time. Now is our time. We only live once. So what are we going to do with what we got? Why are we at church this morning? Why are we here? What's the whole point and purpose? Why did we get up this morning? What's going to happen? What are we going to do? How are we going to approach this? And I'd like to just look at, you know, now is our time to do what? What is Matthew Kelly saying now is our time to do? And I, I'd like to look at, on page 274, he gives a, a, a word on that. He says, The mission entrusted to Catholics in every era is to transform the world they live, work, and play in. 
The mission of Catholics is to transform the world they live, work, and play in. Then he goes on to say, Catholicism is the dynamic lifestyle and learning system divinely designed to assist us in this transformation. So these seven pillars, he's saying, if we approach them with the right disposition of heart and mind, we're going to experience the authentic life. We're going to celebrate life. And so he's saying we've kind of lost focus, if you will, in this information age of overload. We, we've kind of like, kind of lost sense of what's right, what's wrong, what's the North Star here, where's the direction we're headed. And so he says then on page 282, if you want to win a war, there are three things you need to know. And so one is you need to know that you're at war. Do you know that? Do you know you're at war? And then number two, you need to know who and what your enemy is. Do you know who your enemy is or what your enemy is? And you need to know what weapons and strategies will defeat your enemy. And so he looks at these things. I'm just going to briefly hit a few things as my own reflections as well on this. Number one, you need to know you're at war. So we've got to assess the lay of the land. If you're at a battle, you've got to assess you know, the, the land, what's going on in the battle. And I would say just a few things to think about. One, often many of us have all been deceived or pressured into allowing sports, entertainment, shopping to eliminate family time on Sunday. That's an attack of the enemy on family life. Two, we get sucked into this corporate model of success which vacuums every ounce of personal time that's needed for a husband and wife to flourish in their marriage. Works first, sports, then play, then the kids, and maybe time for my wife or husband. So we got our priorities back. So again, you see, there's this movement. As he used those three philosophies in the beginning of the book, individualism, what's in it for me? Hedonism, what's the most pleasure I can maximize in this situation? And minimalism, uh, what's the least I can do to get by? This philosophy that we swim in leads us, if you will, into this spiritual battle, namely with ourselves. Uh, the third... This exponential growth in science and technology that we've seen in, in our era and age um, has made it possible and very easy to misuse and abuse sexual intimacy, having no regard or thought to how this permissive indulgence of our desires contributes to the divorce rate, high divorce rate, cohabitation, number of unwed pregnancies, abortions, the pornographic epidemic, and to think that often we as Catholics can roll our eyes or, or think it's not so big of a deal with the contraception, etc., that is at the heart of this. Because what we're dealing with is how science has basically endorsed addictive behaviors. And when you talk about food, drink, and sexuality, it's easy to become addicted to either or any of them. And so we have this coming against us. And then fourthly, the current push to eliminate total disregard for the significance of sexual complementarity, which is an, as an integral part of the definition of marriage, to claim that marriage has nothing to do with the biological, psychological, or spiritual complementarity of the sexes, beg ones to ask, what exactly is society's purpose for marriage then? 
you eliminate sexual complementarity from marriage, what's, what's, what's unique about it? And so, just a few things to show you at war. We are at war with Satan. And Satan introduces philosophies that attack and divide the human family. And so, number two, we need to know what, are the enemy, what our enemy and who our enemy is. Well, we've said Satan, no duh, we know that. But the enemy is ignorance and indifference. Ignorance and indifference. Study the tapes. If you're playing football, study the tapes of your opponent. You've got to know the moves of the enemy. If you're going into a war and you never study the, 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 the opponent, you're going to get blasted and you're going to lose the battle. So we need to study our faith, and that's precisely what Matthew Kelly said. We need to rediscover Catholicism. So if we're going to become the best version of ourselves, how are we going to do that if we don't study the way God created us to be the best version of ourselves? And so we don't want to just sit around when people badmouth the church. We want to do something about it. We've got to have a good answer, a brilliant, clear, concise answer to give to people. And one of the struggles we're, we're dealing with in our culture that now is our time is truth was never designed for a 20-second soundbite culture. It's hard to discuss issues like uh, abortion, uh, same-sex attraction and gay marriage and the distinctions between those two things. It's hard to, to explain these, these issues in 20 seconds. You have 20 seconds to convince me, or else you're wrong. You can't do that. You can't think something through in 20 seconds. And that's why our culture is very shallow and superficial, because it never dives into the depths of the human heart and human spirit and asks deeper, more profound questions. So we got our problems as a Catholic family like any family does. But Matthew Kelly says, you know, on page 280... He says here, we're made up of 1.2 billion wonderfully flawed human beings like you and I. Change will come slowly because the church will change for the better only as quick as you and I respond to God's call to grow in virtue and become the best version of ourselves. Then here on page 308 toward the end of the book, he says... The Catholic Church feeds, clothes, houses, and educates more people than any organization in the world. And when the modern media and secular culture have finished tearing down the church as best they can, let me ask you, who will take our place? Who will feed the hungry? Who will clothe the naked? Who will visit the lonely and imprisoned? Who will house the homeless? Who will comfort the sick and dying? Who will educate the masses? The world needs the church, even, or if for no other reason than for economic standpoints, politicians know that they wouldn't be able to pick up the broken pieces that would be left if the church disappeared from their community. The church may be massively unappreciated and woefully persecuted, but we must press on all the same. After all, that is always the way it has been. Jesus didn't promise an easy way. He promised that we would be ridiculed, persecuted, and unappreciated as he himself was, but that would be nonetheless experienced with joy and the fullness of life. And so Matthew Kelly goes on to talk about, again, reading these seven pillars. He talks about education. He talks about evangelization. He talks about leadership. 
Um, and he says, you know, we're not born with courage. Courage is something that you grow into. It's a virtue. So now's our time to do what? To educate ourselves, to grow in the faith, to grow in a relationship with the Lord. We have a lot of work to do. We've always had a lot of work to do, and we're going to always be growing in our faith. But I think this is a great time. Again, once you're done with this book, um, don't just set it on the bookshelf to collect dust, but pass it on. Pass it on. It's a great, great read, a great book um, that, that Matthew Kelly just invites us to, to check out and to, to grow in our faith. So again, as we continue Mass, let's ask God for the graces. How's God inviting me to change in this time? Now's our time. How's He inviting me to change? What's God inviting me to do right now? Because He's inviting us all to change. The church is here for us as a mother to invite us to become again that best version of ourselves. So ask the Holy Spirit for these graces.